how do I live a life of abundance and freedom, but I feel trapped by my day-to-day life? What's up, you guys? Welcome to the Therapy Brothers Podcast. I'm Brandon. I'm Tyler. We're brothers. We're therapists. We're not afraid of your questions. So bring it. All right, Brandon, let's uh, jump into this one. This will be a fun one today. But uh, before we do that, uh, I'm just going to read our review for the, for the week. It says, I just wanted to let you know what an impact you've had on our recovery and journey. I've learned so many skills and tools. I'm so grateful to have found a resource with such great knowledge and experience and genuine concern. I'm impressed with your ability to confront situations with no judgment and see what is underneath the surface and then try to help by teaching true principles. It's incredible. Oh, thank you. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, that is awesome. You know, we say that every week, Tyler. <laughs> it's like we sing our, pr- it's a little awkward. <laughs> it's like, hey, let's read something nice about ourselves. Then let's say that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we need to switch it up with the review thing or something. Yeah, I, don't I, don't, I don't know. I, don't, I love the reviews, though. We, well, we like the reviews because it, it gives us some feedback that helps us know that whether or not we're on the right track. But uh, yeah, but it does sound that way a little bit. <laughs> um, well, you know what? We can own being like being catalysts in people's lives and um, without arrogance, we don't have to be arrogant about it or whatever, but, uh, like, like seriously, Tyler, we, we do hard work. We put ourselves out there. We, we, you know, we, we've been through the trenches and, and we pay the price. We, yeah. we've paid the price with, um, just a lot of the toll that it takes. And so, um, to get good feedback is kind of the reward a little bit and, and it feels good. And so I do appreciate the reviews that we're getting. Right. It's like, it's back in the day when I was a brand new therapist, I would like, I couldn't survive without those reviews. And now it's like you said, the reviews really do. They help with some motivation. They're not necessarily the answer that we're totally getting it right, but um, it's nice to hear. And it's nice to know, you know, everyone likes to know whether or not they're doing something helpful or good for somebody. So absolutely, we, we do appreciate the reviews. Thank you. Yeah. Well, Tyler, are you ready to get into maybe a little bit different topic than what we normally talk about? Yeah, um, I I just wanted to first give the shout out I did on the last episode, but it's nice to have you back. It sounds like you uh, had a pretty awesome trip to Peru, and uh, I'm glad you're back. It sounds like you didn't come home unscathed. No, I came home with a friend in my gut that's <laughs> wreaking havoc right now. Um, so if I need to like head out of here in the middle of this episode, you'll know why. Um, but yeah, Peru is, uh, I can't even begin to, uh, explain what Peru is um, to me. It's, we stay in the sacred Valley. Um, it's spiritual, it's beautiful. Um, if you haven't been there, uh, Machu Picchu is just one part of it and Machu Picchu is incredible. And I don't want to downplay that. That's a very sacred place. Um, but the whole place is just full of um, the energy of God. And it's beautiful. And so coming home from there, I've kind of had a deeper sense of self and purpose and and just, just feeling good about life. 
other than my stomach. So, yeah. <laughs> it's probably a nice price to pay, though, to be a little bit sick, to still have the rejuvenation that's come, you know, emotionally and spiritually. I would you. do it again and again. No question. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. Well, I'm glad to have you back. It always works better when you're here. <laughs> I don't think so, Tyler. Your episodes are pretty awesome. So, um, should we dive in? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So where do we begin? I mean, uh, with our clients, we see it all the time. I think with ourselves, we can really talk about our own journeys in terms of, of wanting, we all desire freedom, financial freedom. For, for me, it's about my time. It's about like waking up in the morning and thinking, I, I get to choose what I want to do with my life. Um, uh, and I get to go to all my kids things. I get a, you know, but it's, 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 it's a good level of stress, but not too much. And then just having the time to live the life that you want to live. And so we all kind of desire this, right? Yeah. It might, it might look different for everybody. And I know this is a really good question today because I'm, I, I feel the same thing. I have the same questions. I'm still trying to navigate these same questions myself. So this will be an interesting discussion because yeah. I think I'm getting some things right. And I think I'm getting some things wrong. So, um, um, yeah, I, I mean, well, look, if I can speak to my experience a little bit, started my, well, at first I, I just wanted a job. And when I got married, it's like, I need to make some money. I need a job. I got a job, a nine to five in a cubicle with no windows around me at all. And I was depressed within a month. And I was thinking, this is, this is corporate America. This is life. This sucks. This is awful. This is, this is prison. This is hell. And this is what I'm supposed to do. Like this is kind of, so I fell into this job that just sucked. And I thought, this isn't going to be my, my story. This isn't going to be my life. Right. Um, but then I, I decided I need, I'm supposed to help people. I'm supposed to connect to people. And you kind of um, got me going a little bit. And I, and I went from being an economics major to that horrible job to I'm going to go get a master's in social work. Um, I got a master's in social work. And to get licensed, I had to work in a pretty bad situation. <laughs> just a county-funded program, just throwing hard clients at you, forced, you know, you know, clients that don't want to be there. And it was a nine to five again. And uh, the only difference is once I had my master's degree, I was making half of what I made, <laughs> with, <laughs> you know, because I was a social worker now. <laughs> um, and so I worked through, got my license, but I, I was on the brink, Tyler. I was done being a therapist. I, because- I remember you calling me Almost weekly, it seemed like saying, Tyler, what have I done? Like, this is the stupidest decision I've ever made. Like, I what? can't do this. Like, I'm burned out. I'm tired. I, I, don't know what, I don't know what to do. Yeah, I was caught in the system. I was in a high burnout job with really low pay. That sounds great, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you've been there. You were there for a long time. Yep. In the, in the courts up in Idaho, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we, we kind of both went through this together. Um, but then this is the interesting part that I, the, of the story, of my story at least, is I took a few risks um, and I, I went out on my own and I started a private practice after I got licensed, after I worked in this county-funded program. And I thought if I get this practice to thrive, then I've made it. Life is good, right? 
um, but a few things started to happen. My, my practice did thrive. It did well. But a few things started to happen. My burnout actually kind of inten- intensified because now I was running a business and I was doing 30 hours, 40 hours of clinical work a week um, where I was, you know, and, and I was, you know, thinking about way too many people all at once and all of their problems. Um, I was trading time for money. So if I went on vacation, it would cost me a lot of money just to take my family, but it would cost me even more because of my opportunity cost. I, I, I'd lose so much money because I wasn't grinding it out day in and day out. Boom, boom, boom. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and so that was really stressful to actually take a break and go on vacation. And so I was strapped down again, even, even after all of the, like trying to get out of this rat race, I was strapped down yet again in my private practice. And I was making more money than I, than I ever had. And that was, I was grateful and that was wonderful. But I got to a point, Tyler, where I didn't care how much the next client would pay me for a session. I I didn't want to do another session. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. And and that's where I got. So, Mm -hmm. so how do you, you know, like, how do you get out of that? Yeah, well, uh, I want to just tack on to what you're saying, Brandon, because I think even when you made the shift from one degree to another area of work, part of it, you are lining up a little bit differently to say, you know what, my heart's maybe a little bit more in line with who I am and the kind of work that I want to do. But you still went back to the same kind of grind that that led to you feeling tired and burned out and stressed as if you were like a hamster in a wheel, continually having to run just to make sure that you were providing for your family, which, which in turn, in some ways, sap the life out of the real reason why you changed careers in the first place. Yes. Yes. And you know what else is interesting, Tyler, is I used to tell myself like, man, if I can make a hundred grand a year, like if I can make a hundred grand, it doesn't matter what I'd have to do. But if I could do that, then man, then I've made it like life is good. That's it doesn't matter how much money you make. <laughs> it, like if you're in that rat race, if you're in that hamster wheel, and it doesn't matter. You make a hundred grand, then all of a sudden it feels like you got to make 150. You got to make mm-hmm. 200. Like, and, and so, yeah, it's sapping the life out of me. The very reason why I got out of that nine to five hellhole of a job was to not have that feeling. And yet here I was years later making a lot more money, seemingly doing what I was made to do and feeling trapped still yet again. Right. 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 So, so you're bringing up one thing that I think a lot of people probably relate to is that idea of a dollar amount that's going to lead to your happiness. And I think we, there's even some statistics and studies that show this, that there's only a certain amount of money that can actually contribute to happiness and everything after that is not really a factor. And I think the number is about $80,000. Yeah. I've heard that. And, uh, and so, and that's the idea that we can, at that point, at least without an immense amount of stress, cover all of our basic needs. But after that, everything else we chase is just an addition to an expanding lifestyle, but it never actually produces um, that sort of like internal 
kind of joy or contentment or peace that we're all that we're all kind of looking for, even though we continually assign a new number to it. I've been in the same boat, Brandon. It's like if I make this or if I make that or when I make this, then it's going to be okay. And you know what? It, it it doesn't. You know, it's not. It's it's not because that the that can't just be the focus. Well, I'll, yeah. I, in fact, what you just described, Tyler, is scarcity mentality because it's it's you're clawing and scraping to try to get to a certain number to to be like oh, okay okay now now i can be that that mentality if if you're training yourself to be in that mentality that then when you hit that number you're still going to be in that mentality right abundance mm-hmm. abundance mentality is much different than that scarcity mentality of i've got to get that much in order to then be okay Right. Yeah. Explain, explain abundance mentality a little bit, Brandon. Well, like, you know, abundance is everywhere. The, the, like uh, the law of attraction abundance, um, is, is kind of everywhere right now. But to me, this is what it means is, um, when you manifest abundance and if it, let's say it's financially that we're talking about, then, um, you have the energy that, will create abundance in your life. And so when you have that energy, then things just start to happen. You start to see things that you normally wouldn't see. You start to connect to people that you normally wouldn't connect to. You start to make decisions that you normally wouldn't because most of us have been conditioned into scarcity and fear in our life when it comes to money. Um, so, So when you shift from scarcity to abundance, you're operating in a place of power not in a place of force anymore. And you're creating things that are of value to the world and the abundance flows back into your life. And, and so it's incredible when you, when you experience it because it's completely different than everything I just told you about my story. Yeah, yeah. Could, right. I, could I share an example of what you're describing, Brandon, as you're talking, this came to mind. Um, our... Our profession, especially people in private practice, is notorious for scarcity mentality. Uh, therapists are. Therapists are notorious yes. for scarcity mentality where it's like, I have to get a client and I can't refer anybody else anywhere else. And I'm going to be a master yes. of every, sing- every single kind of therapy that we do. If a client comes through the door, I'm going to keep them. And it's like... Yeah. Which hurts the client. Which it actually hurts the whole profession because it yeah. then pairs clients up with the wrong therapists and then there's a bad outcome and then there's a bad name and then it doesn't help anybody. Um, but... I, I, when I got in the field, I was working in that place in the drug courts of Southeastern Idaho. And I had a boss who was a very abundant mentality kind of a guy. And he was the kind of guy who would sit down in my like quarterly reviews and we talk about my job, but then he'd actually crack open his books and he'd show me what the business was doing and how to run the business and exactly what kind of programs he was running, was making him successful. And he, he showed me that he had like he had just over the over the few years he'd been running the business, he'd accumulated over a million dollars in slush fund just so that he could run his business and pay his therapist for four months if he ever lost his funding, you know. And like, right. Love and it. and then he'd come to me and he'd send me to trainings and he paid for me to go to training. He spent up to up from two to five thousand dollars a year on every one of his employees to send them to trainings. And one day I asked him, I said, "You realize." you realize that by sending all of us to trainings, you're making us better and you're going to lose a lot of therapists, including me probably as a result of the fact that you've given me a training and made me better so I can go out on yeah. my own. And he yeah. said, 
yeah, I totally understand that. And he said, that's, what's so cool about this is that then I have good places and good people to refer to because I have too many clients. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and I thought, wow, that's a, that's amazing. And then he went, and then he went a step further. And when I decided to go out on my own, he actually made it possible at my work to work the hours I wanted to at that job until I could make the jump on my own to fully sustain myself. And he was my biggest cheerleader. He's helping you be the, his competitor, basically. Yeah, basically, yeah. basically. And he was, and he was all on board with it. He was excited for me about it. And and that's something you don't see in our world today, but that mentality is what made him so successful at what he was doing. I love this example, Tyler. I mean, you can hear it in, in the example of, of him, and I know who you're talking about, um, but look at how he's paying for training. So scarcity mentality would say, I need to get rich, so I'm not going to pay, like, I can't spend $5,000 on each one of my therapists, like, I, because I'm trying to get that dollar number. So what happens is you, they're hoarding money out of fear, and they're not building out their business. So they don't have a bunch of loyal therapists that love them, that create awesome things in that business. Whereas Kip, I know who, he's, he's Shout like, out to you, Kip. Yeah, he's the man. He's, but, but Kip is like, hey, put it out there, put it out there. Money, there, there, money flows, money moves and it flows. And so if you're unwilling to let it flow out, then you're unwilling, then it's not going to just start flowing in. And so you got, and, and you'd be smart about where you let it flow, invest, you know, you put your money out there. But what it takes to put it out, Tyler, is faith. And, and the opposite of, of faith is fear, scarcity mentality. So you won't invest and you won't, you won't put it out there to create things if you're caught up in that scarcity mentality, right? Do, do, do you see what I'm saying? Absolutely. Um, and, and, and you'll be scraping for the next dollar is what you'll be doing. As opposed to, I'm going like, to like take the risk. I'm going to put the money out there. I'm going to build, uh, for example, my business now, um, it's, it's crazy the amount of ex expense that we spend every month. Like I look at that and it's way more than, than I ever dreamed of making in a month, the expense <laughs> for my business, you know? Yeah. But I know that like I, I will invest good dollars in this business again and again and again, because that's how we've built this thing out. You see what I'm saying? Right. And, and I want to add another piece to what you're saying, Brandon, because if we go back to Kip's example or your example as well, Kip's focus has never really been just the money either. His focus has been on, we have so many people who need so much help. There's that, purpose. That I've got to figure out how to help as many people as I can. Right. So, so then in doing that, the, the shift in the mentality changes from running a little business to just make sure I pay my bills into a more into a place of like, what's, what's the marker impact that I want to leave on this world? You know, yep. The, and then the, the money yeah. finds the money finds its way back when when that's when there's a different primary focus. The best investment you can make is into your purpose, right? And so, if you have this vision of of what you're doing and what you're creating, and you know that God needs it and there's demand there, then invest there. Invest in learning. Invest money. Invest like invest there because that's where you'll be blessed to build that out. Um, uh, Tyler, can we, can we shift gears a little bit? Sure. 
I want to tell you a story. Um, so it was really interesting. I started to create some shifts, um, some major shifts. And I started to realize I'm, it was, you know, I was turning, I was getting in, in my forties and I realized I'm like, I'm spending half my life here. Maybe it was a bit of a midlife crisis, but it's like, I'm not going to live this way. I'm not going to be burned out man anymore. Um, and so I made some changes and it was scary and it was hard and it was exciting and it was fun. And I was hiking on a Thursday afternoon with one of my buddies at two o'clock in the afternoon. And we were just out in the mountain hiking at two o'clock in the afternoon. I think I had put in like two hours, three hours of work that day. And I remember this kind of gut wrenching, uncomfortable feeling of you can't enjoy yourself on a Thursday afternoon at two o'clock. You should be working. I, my, my gut turned inside when I heard you say that. (laughs) Um, and think, think, think of that. What is that? That's, that's playing. It's, it it makes me think of like the movie, the matrix. That's like, you know, being just in the mundane world that is expected for everybody to do, do your nine to five. How dare you have a day off? You know, it's like, when, when's the best time to go hiking in the mountains? It's on any weekday because everybody else is basically back in their cubicle. Who says that I should be working on a Thursday afternoon? What voice is that? Yeah, but I, that voice has so much it has power. It has a lot of power. I think it's I think it's socialization. I think it's the way we're raised. I think it's uh I think it's also fear, you know, it's that same scarcity mentality you're talking about. Right. Like if if I have freedom and I have abundance, which I do. I have an abundance of time and money and 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 so like why why can't I enjoy a Thursday afternoon hike? And I realized that and that's that's my group, I have one group that I run and they make fun of me because I'm golfing and hunting all the time. They're like, yeah, I'm sure you're going to like get three rounds in and go hunting with your brother, <laughs> you know, between the next time we see you. And I'm like, and I look at them, they kind of laugh and then they go off to their nine to five that they hate. But I, I, I look at them, I'm like, heck yeah, I am. Yeah. If I can mm-hmm. make that happen. And it's not that I live a selfish life. I don't think, um, but heck yeah, I am. I'm going to enjoy life because I can. And I'm not going to feel guilty about it. Right. So, so yeah. So Brandon, what, what would you say to the listeners right now who just heard what you said and said, Oh, that's easy for you to say, since you have abundance and money and you can go do whatever you want. Like you don't, you don't even understand me. I'm, I'm the common man who does have the nine to five. Like they're even in you out right now because of what you just said, what do you, how do you, so, how do you respond to them? So I was meeting with a client uh, a couple of years ago and he uh, he he had a, a young family. He had three young kids, um, and he had a, a job that he hated, um, like really hated. And it was a hard job. He worked in mental health, and and it was a hard job. And and he didn't make much money at all. And he was depressed, and he was acting out in an addiction, and he was he was shut down in life. Um, and and a big part of it was what he did every single day. And I, I said to him, I said, like, hey, why don't you go make t- like $200,000 next year? And, and, <laughs> and he looked at me and he's like, ah, yeah, that's funny. And I'm like, no, I'm not kidding. Like, why don't you go make like $200,000? And why don't you do it in a way where it's not so stressful? And he's like, you freaking idiot. Like, I, that's not even funny. Like, uh-huh. Fu-. I'm like, I'm not kidding. Go do it. 
and and he, he he looked at me like I can't. I know that I can't. Like you're being ridiculous. And from my vantage point, Tyler, I was not kidding because I know he's capable of doing that. He just doesn't know he's capable of doing that. And so, and, and, and he's like, well, how, what do I do? And the first thing you, he's, he has to completely shift his energy into, from scarcity to abundance. But my, here's my point, Tyler, the people that get pissed off at me saying, yeah, I enjoy life. Yeah, I have abundance with my time and my money. Um, I've been them. I've been them. And and the, those people that would get pissed off at that are the people who are still saying, you know what, I, it's it's righteous of me, or I can't get out of this, um, and so I'm stuck, I'm stuck, I'm stuck. The people that hear me say I live an abundant life and, and realize that I've gone from from burnout and scarcity to this, that the, the people who, who see that and say, good for him, that's awesome. Those are the people that are, that are going to go do it themselves. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. So you hit on something, Brown. I, I agree with you hundred percent. I think a lot of times when we talk about this concept, the person who's hearing this goes, okay, well then what are steps? Like, what do I do to to then, you know, if I'm going to, if my goal is to make a couple hundred thousand dollars, which I would submit is maybe not the best goal, but if that's your goal, go for it. That's fine. We all, we're all motivated differently. Um, it's, I don't think, it's, I don't think money as a goal is a problem. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't see it as a problem, but I don't know that to me, it's like, I like the purpose behind it. There's I gotta understand. be, there's gotta yeah. be some purpose to why you want to go do it or else there's no reason. I, to I, I agree. It, you know, I agree. Um, but, but what you're saying is, is that most people, even when you go like read a book in like the self-help aisle, they're looking for a step-by-step, do this, then do this, then do this, then do this. And then, and then you'll be, then you'll be better. And what you're saying right now is before any of those steps are actually ever going to happen, because you're not going to do any of those things that somebody could map out, there has to be a fundamental shift from the inside out that says, yeah, I'm, I'm capable you like, see can, the vision. I can actually do this. Like I can see, you know it. I can see the vision. It's already basically being created inside of me internally now, and going, <laughs> yeah. Not only is it a, not only is it a pipe dream now. This is like something that can actually happen. You know and it. When we live, we live in a world right now that it's actually easier than ever to live a life of abundance yes. than ever than ever before. Yes. Right now. So so. But Tyler, here's the thing. So uh, it's interesting. I, I I woke up this morning and my wife had this like this like businessy self help book on her nightstand, and, and that's not like her to read that. I was like, oh, interesting. Um, it's like how to lose your nine to five or whatever book, right? And I said, you know, it's interesting, honey. I bet that book's full of good stuff. Like I bet it is so like it's probably loaded full of good stuff. Just like I believe our episode right now, Tyler, is full of good stuff, right? People, people get stuck in reading that stuff or consuming the content, and they, that's, not, that's not what matters. It's, education's helpful. It's empowering. But, but people, they, they, they hide right there. They, feel, they, they get a sense of, oh, I'm changing. I'm getting abundant just because I'm reading it. But there's, there's, one, there's one thing, one, one thing that matters. Um, I believe that you look at your life and you say, okay, I want something to shift. 
So I'm going to, I'm going to have a theory about what I can create. I don't know it yet for sure. Right. I'm going to go educate myself about how to create that. So that's kind of the next step. Um, I'm going to start to make a plan. That's the next step. That's all awesome. So I'm kind of going in order here. I'm going to make a plan about what I'm actually going to go create and do, whether it's I'm going to get this job or I'm going to create this business or I'm going to, okay. Now, everybody likes to focus on you won't do it because of the fear of failure, okay. And so what they say is if you don't have fear of failure, then you'll actually go forth and do it. I, I think that's BS. I think that we all have fear of failure, um, and and some people take that fear of failure and they just stay st stunted and don't do anything. But the most important thing from from all of the very successful people I know, um, the most important thing of all these steps is the very next step, which is do it. Just jump. Just just blah. Like put it out there. Um, and when you put it out there, it might suck. Like it might be really messy and maybe, maybe you get zero followers or zero buyers or, or, or you don't get that job that you go for, whatever it is. Like, but, but after that, either maybe you'll succeed. Maybe, maybe you'll thrive and it'll go and you'll have the life that you want. But after that, this is, this is what the abundant people know, is after you put it out there, then everything's awesome. Everything's perfect because you're going to get exactly what you need in that moment. You'll either get some learning, some tweaking, some you're paying some tuition, or you're going to get some, some, some success, some money, some whatever it is, right? Then it's just going to happen. But there's not an expectation of, I need to make this amount of money in order for me to say, yay, I did the right thing. Now I'm validated. Now I'm justified. An abundant person has that level of acceptance and faith to their vulnerable jump. Am, am I making sense? Yeah. Basically what you're saying is, is not only do you have to get through the fear and take action, but then after the action, whatever comes after the action is exactly what you need to keep moving forward. And, so. and you just said the important part, keep moving forward, right? You keep that vision going no matter what happens after you go. So if we get obliterated by something, you know, I go and awesome. step off, we step off, like, let's say, let's just say when the, the first, the first, the first podcast we did together, how many listeners do you think we had? Oh, millions. <laughs> uh, I think, I think we might've convinced mom and dad to listen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and if we and if we would have launched that first podcast and then sat there and watched the numbers roll in, we would have been like, oh well, we might as well not do this anymore. But instead, it was like, no, we have a we have a feeling that we can make a difference for people in the world. It doesn't really matter how many people are listening to us because we want to get better at this. We want to try to make help people who will listen. And and all of a sudden, this thing is starting to now move a little bit in yes. terms of numbers. But we we've learned as we've gone. And, and that's the thing that I think the fixed mindset person, the scarcity mindset person, they take their, they might even take one step and jump off only to find out that it was cold in the water. So they jump back out and they go, no, that, that's proof. Like I, I can't do it instead of saying, yeah, I can, I can act, you know, get acclimated to the temperature of the water. I can actually learn to swim here and I can actually use this as a learning growing like thing. Yes. For me. Yes, exactly. And, and, and you know what, Tyler, I'm talking about like, like I've mastered this. Um, no, 
like I, I'm in the process. There's, there's certain parts of my life that I still want more freedom um, and I want more abundance. And so I'm in the process of examining those parts of my life and saying, okay, like what, 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 do, I, what do I need to face? What fear is there that I need to deal with? And, and how, can I, how can I jump in um, right now so I can be released from the, the hell Right. I think I think that's an important thing, Brandon, to say that this is this is an incremental, principled, ongoing process thing instead of a one-time thing. You know, I'm thinking like I'm definitely not where I want to be in terms of even adopting and keeping this abundant mentality we're talking about. But I'm different now today, much better than I was, you know, 15 years ago, uh, 10, 10 years ago when when I was going to home from my day job every single day, going to my wife saying, I should go out on my own. I should go out on my own. I should go out on my own. She finally stopped me one day and said, why don't you? And I said, well, I can't because because if I fail, then you guys will be sleeping under an overpass. And she she came to me one day and she put her arms on my face and she said, Tyler, I would rather be married to a guy who tries and fails than a guy who never tries at all. Yeah. And, yeah. and when that shifted, there's, there, there's like, there's an increment there. There was like, Oh yeah, I can go. What's wrong with failure. Like, that's okay. Like, you know, now yep. I can go fail. Now it's been a 10 year process where I'm trying to grow more and more into that place. And I, I'm much deeper and better into this abundant mentality than I was 10 years ago. And I still have a, a long, long way to go. Do you remember Tyler uh, a few years back? we were driving somewhere and you, you were saying like, I just got to get out of debt. I just got to get out of debt. Once I'm out of debt, then I'm good. Then I'm good. Then I'm good. You know, then I'll be fine. And do you remember what I said to you? <laughs> you well, you've given me many lectures over the years, so I'm not sure which one it is. <laughs> well, it was this, I, I said, it was something like this. Like, I don't know how many times I've heard that, you know? And like, if you keep repeating to yourself, that narrative, like that's going to where you, that's right where you're going to live. I think that's what you said to me. I said, the fact that you're saying those things, Tyler means that five or six years from now we'll be in the car together and you'll be having the same conversation. (laughs) Yeah. And the point, the point I want to make with this is, and, and sorry, I'm using you as an example here. That's all good. But uh, it's our, uh, you know, what changes our energy is our thoughts in many ways. And so when you have these scarcity thoughts come up, don't hate them don't, don't, uh, fight against them, but just notice them. A lot of them are so unconscious and automatic. Um, like I remember a lot of thoughts that I used to have of like, like, you know, I, I don't know if I'll ever be able to, to fully support my family type thoughts. Um, or, or like thoughts of we're always, we're always strapped for money or we'll never keep our budget. We'll never, those type of thoughts um, actually are the thoughts that then I create that in my life because that's what I see. And it's been fascinating. Even when you make more money, you still feel strapped for money and that you'll always be financially strapped because that's still what you're seeing. Right. 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 As opposed to thought and you can change and replace those thoughts. If you're thinking once I'm out of debt, then we'll be okay. At what, I mean, what could you replace that with? Well, you could, I could replace it, I could replace it with something like I do a really good job of providing for my family or, um, you know, the fact that I, I don't know exactly about the debt one. It's like, um, I'm, I'm capable of managing my own finances. No, go further, man. Go for <laughs> Come on, let's push this. Go further. <laughs> well, because what, well, you're, I think sa- what you're saying, I, Tyler, is once I'm out of debt, I'll be okay. You're saying I'm not okay. 
You're saying mm-hmm. like, I, because I'm in debt, I'm poor. Like there, there's an element of like, I'm still not abundant, right? Right. And well, and, and then debt to, means poor and poor means bad, which yes. again is all of that is, is scarcity mentality, right? Oh, debt, debt, good debt means, mm-hmm. means wealthy. If you, if you read certain books, right. Right. Um, so the point being Tyler is if you're in that, that loop of once I'm out of debt, then I'll be okay. Then you're t- saying to yourself, I'm poor and I'm and not I'm, okay. And I'm not okay. And it even gets down to levels of shame mm-hmm. as a father, as a husband, as a provider, like deep levels of shame there. Right. Mm-hmm. Where let's say you had, I'm just making this up. Let's say you had $50,000 of debt. What if you, what if you believed that you were an abundant man who is going to create abundance in your life? What if you had a $50,000 debt? Are you just in straight denial? No, no, not at all. I don't think so. I mean, I, I mean, I've, I've got that debt, but I also have the belief in myself that I can go and create a way to to kind of take care of that debt. Yes. Um, I think what you're getting, you're getting at here is that the belief in self is, is the difference between those two places. Yes. That's exactly what I'm trying. Like I'm trying to show how, how shifting your energy and, and, and your, the way you're showing up is the first step, right? It's kind of like, let me give you this analogy. Um, if I'm, if I'm a fat guy, that thinks I'm well, which I am. Um, <laughs> I shouldn't say that; it'll ruin my analogy here. If I'm a fat guy who thinks you're fat and out of shape, and so you better lose weight so that you can be in shape, um, then I'll go lose some weight for a while. I'll feel good about myself, and then I'll I'll gain all the weight back because deep down I know I'm a fat guy that's out of shape. That's what I believe I am. So that's what I'm gonna. I might I might for a time get out of that, but then I'll go back to that. If I, if let's say I'm fat and I got a big gut and I believe I'm a fit man, um, who's, who's in like a really, I have an amazing body who's that's healthy. Right. Mm -hmm. And I happen to have some fat on my body right now of this amazing fit man that I am. Right. Do you see the difference? Yeah. If you actually believed that that was the truth, that you're a fit man, according to what we're talking about today, you're going to systematically start to move in the direction of having, having congruency line up with itself. Yes. It's the be, do, have principle. It's, I'm going to be that fit man first, and then I'll go do the things to become the fit man because I already know that's what my be is. That's who I am. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, and, and we, we get that backwards with, with life so much. And, 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 and we think that applying scarcity thoughts and mentalities will actually get us out of scarcity, which is insanity. Right. Right. As you're talking, Brandon, I'm thinking of one of the, and again, this is going to sound arrogant. I don't mean it to be, but one of the IB things you're talking about, the things that I've come to know that I am is that I, I believe this I'm, I'm a work in progress, but I am a force for good in the world. And, yeah. and it has already started to matter itself that way that I can look around now and say, yeah, there's some, there's some proof now that shows that that's actually true. And you don't even need that proof. You, Tyler, you are, you are a right. force for good, like, and you always have been, and you've always believed that about yourself. And so that's what you've been in the world, right? To your family, to your clients, to, that's why you get the reviews you get. I mean, we, we hear them every week. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. 
<laughs> no, right. but you really are a force for good because you know that you, that you are. Yeah. Something so, so, has been instilled in you. Right. So, and, and I think that that's come with uh, that. That hasn't just showed up either. That comes with cultivation and work. And so that's what I'm saying. Like not, we've talked a lot about money today, but it might be other things. Um, what are you? Who are you? You know, yeah. I, I'm asking listeners to, to actually sit down with yourself and don't be so afraid of your own thoughts to actually sit and ponder about who are you? Not you're not, not what you're bad at. Who are you? Yeah. And, uh, and let, let it start there and then start cultivating that and let it work out. But, but Tyler, I want, so, so as they see these thoughts of who they are, well, well I'm, I'm not lovable. I'm a pervert. I'm, uh, I'm fat. I'm ugly. That's who I am. Right. So when those thoughts start to come up, then what do they do? Yeah, that's uh well, that's, that's the challenge. This is something that I learned a long time ago when I was doing my own work that, uh, that I had those thoughts. I'm a failure. I'm weak. I'm inadequate. I'm never going to be enough. And I, I learned a skill and it was the self-compassion skill that every time I felt that in my body, because that would be a cellular feeling on, on top of a thought. Oh, I get done with this session. Oh, I just failed. It's like, nope. Truth is everybody fails once in a while. You're a work in progress. And I would, I would flip that new thing onto the new, new place that I was trying to train myself to believe, which is truth is your work in progress. You're a force for good. God's going to make you into the man. He exactly needs you to be. And all you've got to do is continue to move forward. And then I go and I do one kind thing for myself to remind myself of that. And I get back on the horse and going and, and that's that over time, it wasn't instant, but over time that has caused a shift in me personally. Yes. I love it. So that's a way to shift your thinking and shift your beliefs. Yeah. So uh, we lose sight. I always say, people ask me like, what is recovery? And I say, recovery is recovering a sense of who you are beyond the trauma. So the life experiences have told you who you are. And what recovery is, is it's, it's, it's relearning through experience about who you actually are. It's regaining your nobility. And so when you know who you actually are, then you're going to behave different. You're going to create different. You're going to resonate different in this world. Um, and you'll get different outcomes and the outcome won't be, you know, numbing your life out with an addiction. So, um, and it's the same thing. If you're in a, a horrible job and in a life that you're suffering and not okay with, then shifting some of those beliefs about who you are and then putting things out there, taking some risk, learning along the way, it'll shift who you are. And so you continue to show up differently get different outcomes and not live in that hell anymore. Yeah. Well said, Brandon. Good topic today. Yeah. This has been awesome. Good discussion. So, so, uh, next year you're doing what, like 500,000 of passive income, Tyler? (laughs) Why not? (laughs) I like that. Yes. Good answer. (laughs) Not why not. It's, it's hell. Yeah, I am. In fact, in fact, I've pretty much already earned it. I just need to go get get the money. You know, it's already, yeah, it's already there. It's already there. I love yeah. it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brandon. Good job today, ma'am. All right. Have a good one. We'll see you guys. See ya. Do you feel like no matter how much therapy you do, things really aren't getting better? That you'd like to accelerate your feelings of peace and empowerment because it's just not happening? As a man, do you feel stuck? Do you lack purpose? Do you not know what real masculinity is? Are you unable to create safety 
and passion and intimacy in your relationships? Are you lacking connection to God? If you're relating to any of these things, then you need to come to our Rising Sun Conference. Tyler and I have developed a process and an experience for men to shift into their power, to know who they truly are, to experience their purpose, and learn how to connect to God. So go to risingsunconference.com. Now that's rising sun as in S-O-N, conference.com, and sign up there as soon as you can because space is limited. We'll see you there.